Jason Sobel joins us. He's got a pretty good too covering the Masters. Host on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. And uh, there's there's some talk about bad weather, Jason, for this, which is just the worst because they make it look so sunny and beautiful whenever you watch the promos. That's what I'd love to see. But when, more importantly, when it comes to actually what happens on the course, how much do you think this weather will have an effect on the Masters? Yeah, good evening, guys. Thanks for having me on. I, I don't believe it. I don't know. I'm standing outside right now. It's about 68 degrees. There's not a breath of wind. It's absolutely perfect right now. I say they start the Masters right this very minute because this is beautiful playing conditions. But, yes, you're right. It's supposed to start raining. It's going to be hot and rainy on Thursday. By Saturday, it gets a cold and rainy. But the one common variable in there is that it will be raining the entire time. Sounds like it's going to be a softer, longer soggier golf course than we're used to seeing at Augusta National, which is a shame. This is a golf tournament that signifies spring. We want to see the sunshine. We want to see the azaleas blooming. We want to see these guys uh, playing on a fast, firm golf course, of course. And we're not going to see that, at least according to the weather predictions. Looks like the forecast is calling for 80 to 90% chance of rain, which, uh, look, uh, I'm a gambler. You guys are gamblers. 80 to 90%. That's, that's a pretty good chance that it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Jason, can you break down for folks who don't necessarily bet on golf because the Masters obviously is going to get a ton of, of handle. A lot of people who are casual bettors are going to bet this tournament. How does those conditions, uh, sloppy, uh, soft greens, soft fairways, how does that affect how players are going to be, uh, which players we should be betting on or which players people should either be Xing out or, or looking at? you probably want to look to the guys who are bigger hitters a little bit more than the shorter hitters. On a fast, firm golf course, first of all, the short hitters can still pump it out there because the ball's going to hit and run for a while, as it does on these uh, undulated hills at Augusta National Golf Club. But uh, when it's softer, when it's wet, the ball obviously doesn't roll as much as it would. It's also it's easier to keep in the fairway. If you're a little bit offline, even if you hit the fairway on a fast, firm golf course, that ball's going to go bounding offline and go maybe into the trees or at least go into the pine straw, somewhere you don't want it to go. When the, the fairways are softer, then it makes it easier to hit the fairways. So the guys who are a little more inaccurate usually, which are, for the most part, the guys who hit it further, uh, those guys are, are going to be able to, um, you know, sort of levels the playing field for them a little bit. So I, I do think the bigger hitters have an advantage. That said, it's really hard to separate the big hitters because, quite frankly, you don't really find a short hitter in the top 20 in the world in the, in the entire world right now. Almost every single player is considered a big hitter these days. What about with approach and putting? Because you know, Willie Z has struggled with his putter on and off. Uh, he's done really well at Augusta. But with slower greens, does that impact him and players like him positively? And what about, you know, iron play and, and how, how wet conditions affect that too? So there's a sub-air system at Augusta National Golf Club. And what that means is essentially they turn this thing on and it will suck the moisture out of the greens. It doesn't mean a lot of people tend to believe that that means uh, the greens aren't wet at all, that, you know, it's like a, a mesh netting that the, the moisture goes straight through them they're still just as firm as they always have been that's not necessarily the case but um they're not going to be as as soft as uh even as soft as we saw in the november masters three years ago so there'll still be some firmness to them look it's a second shot golf course and if anyone's proven that over the last couple of years it's will zalatoris who is among the top three or four ball strikers 
in the world, the top three or four iron players, what I mean, what I say ball strikers, but uh, he does have a little yippy putting stroke at times, and so you can get away with it a little bit here, but at some point, you're going to need to make some putts too. So, you know, I, it's not as if, hey, it's just an iron game and hit your irons on the greens and you're going to win the golf tournament. It, at some point, the ball has to go in the hole. As far as outrights, who have you bet this week? Well, John Rahm is my favorite outright this week. John Rahm uh, is right around plus 850, plus 900 in most books, and I get it. It's a short number, but I like everything about him. Leads the PGA Tour and strokes gain total. Essentially, he's been doing everything really well. He drives it well. Irons are, are, have been very good. He's good around the greens. He's good on the greens. I don't know, guys. To me, that sounds like golf. That's everything. There's nothing else left after that. And so I understand that John Rahm, of course, has a very short number next to his name. And so it's not as if you can say, well, I like John Rahm, but I also like Rory, and I also like Scotty Scheffler, and I like Patrick Cantlay, and I like Tony Finau. Well, you can't play all of the shortest players at the top of the board. You've got to kind of pick one and then maybe throw in a couple of longer shots with him. So uh, a little bit further down the board, I'll have a play on Sunjay M, who's at 45-1 to 1 right now, and Shane Lowry at 60-1. to 1. Those are guys that I see as capable of winning a golf tournament of this magnitude. As for outrights, I'm not going further than that. We have not seen a player pre-tournament 60-1 to 1 or, or longer win the Masters over the last decade. So I, I do think it'll be one of the bigger names this week. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up uh, Shane Lowry, 50-1, to 1, especially if we do get you know this crappy weather. I like him. I uh, also like Justin Rose, 66-1. to 1. But like you said, it's not really the week to take long shots or bombs. But what are your thoughts on Hideki although, Matsuyama? Although, I, I mean, I know he's injured right now. What do you think that price is if he's completely healthy? Do you think it's still sitting there at 40-1? to 1? So, first of all, one more long shot, because I told your producer I was all in on Keegan Bradley. I was standing next to Keegan Bradley at the time when he called me, and now he's like 20 feet away. So, I, I don't think I have to say that I'm going to bet him, but I actually, I, I kind of do like him a little bit. Let's see, he's he, he's putting a little bit here at uh, uh, this party we're at right now. So, um, you know, I'll see if he makes something. Maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I'll I'll jump on Keegan if he makes something here. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, Hideki Matsuyama, I, look, he has been – to me, the most confounding player on the PGA Tour over the last year and a half. Uh, he'll look hurt. He'll have a neck injury. Mm-hmm. He'll withdraw from a golf tournament and say, okay, I am off Hideki for a while now. And then all of a sudden, he finishes in the top five the next week. And we say, okay, I'm on Hideki now. And then all of a sudden, he missed the cut. And you're like, well, is he hurt? Is he just not playing well? Uh, to me, I'm just staying away from it. I get it. It's a pretty decent number on Hideki, but I can't figure him out. I'm not sure he can figure himself out at this point. I know that the neck is at 100%, and so I'm just staying away from him. <laughs> Talking to Jason Sobel, and, you know, when we get the Masters and Tiger Woods as part of the event, he's always going to be a conversation, especially with casual bettors jumping in, and maybe they're Tiger Woods fans. I got a lot of friends that still just think, hey, he's always got a chance to win another major, and I think winning a Masters a few years ago put people in that position where they could justify it. Uh, look, he hadn't played in over 500 days, showed up at the Masters last year, played well through the first 36 holes, and then, you know, he's just, the injury started to just get get to him. I think, what, he finished the, what, a six over 78 in each of the last two rounds. What's a reasonable expectation for Tiger Woods in this Masters in your eyes? So I came into the week believing that Tiger could finish in the top 40, and that was my favorite play on Tiger, based on the fact that he was 47th last year. He said himself in his press conference today, he feels a little bit stronger, his game feels a little bit better, and so we can expect him to improve, even if it's just a very small improvement moving up the leaderboard. 
I've amended that play, though, to just a, a made cut. Right now, I think we're looking at Tiger for a top 40 right around minus 170. Tiger for a made cut, minus 200, minus 210 right around there. And so uh, I'll eat the extra juice just to have him make the cut. The reason for that is because we talked about the weather earlier. Saturday is supposed to be cold and rainy, bitterly cold, at least for Augusta. Uh, Augusta's purposes here in the spring around uh, low 50s 51 52 degrees and raining on Saturday so I could see Tiger playing well over the first couple of days and then just kind of falling apart a little bit in that cold rain uh, when he's trying to walk these hills uh, on Saturday so uh, like I said I've amended that from a top 40 play to just a made cut play I do think he'll play pretty well but uh, Saturday could bite him a little bit I'm curious Jason it feels like the sexy pick I've read a lot of articles. I've heard a lot of interviews. Tons of people like Colin Morikawa. I just, like you were talking about uh, Hideki, I just can't do it. Uh, You've had him last year. He was the favorite, betting favorite, to win a bunch of tournaments, and he just didn't get it done. He's faded late in tournaments. What do you think about that? It's 25 to 1. What is the fascination and excitement around him uh, so far in terms of this week? Uh, look, I like him. I don't love him. I have him uh, just filed my ranking of the entire field. If I'm remembering correctly, he's somewhere around 11th for me. So, again, like, that's a, uh, yeah, I like him, but not at the top of the list. I, I think that's a lot of people, a lot of the quote-unquote experts trying to equate second-shot golf course. Hmm, who's the best iron player out there? Well, if it's not Justin Thomas and it's not Will Zalatoris, then it very well might be Colin Morikawa. We've seen that he has that high ceiling. When he's playing his best golf, we saw it at the PGA Championship a few years ago. We saw it at the Open Championship. He can win a major, absolutely. He's proven that. And so I think the the known commodity in Colin Morikawa at a major championship makes us believe that he can do it again, and especially, especially on a second-shot golf course like this one. But for me, it's if, it, if the putter gets hot, he has a chance of contending and maybe even winning. He was fifth place last week, or excuse me, last year. Uh, when he had a nice Sunday final round. But if the putter is not cooperating, things go south in a hurry for Colin Morikawa. I just don't know which Colin Morikawa is going to show up this week. And, again, for me, it's it's sort of no bet. It's you know I certainly don't hate him. He's not a full fade for me, but I, I really don't love him. He's not in my top ten either. So it's kind of – he's kind of, yeah, one of the guys right around there. <laughs> I can certainly see it. I, you know, again, don't hate him, don't love him. What do you think really quickly about Dustin Johnson? Because he's been a top ten machine, I think – has one really bad outing at Augusta, uh, but the rest has been either 12 or inside the top 10. So I've broken down a ton of numbers, numbers that you won't find anywhere else. I have it on actionnetwork.com, the Action app. You can find that there. All the live players, 18 live players in the field this week. Quite frankly, Dustin Johnson is just not playing great golf. They've played three events over at Live so far, and he's just not looked like the Dustin Johnson of old so far. Doesn't mean I'm fading all the live players. Doesn't mean I hate the live players. In fact, if I'm picking one live player, I'm going to pivot here from the Dustin Johnson question, but I really like Patrick Reed this week. He embodies everything that Liv is about. He wants to be the villain. He embraces that role. He wants people rooting against him. And so at a place where he won five years ago, where he's got one of the best short games in the world, finished third place in their event last week, I think Patrick Reed could do some damage. Great golfer, terrible roommate, terrible human being. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> any Anything else that you played, top five, top 20, top 10? I, I just feel like that's the way to make money 
I mean, it'd be great to hit it outright, but anything else that you really like this week? Yeah, I look, I, my list is a little chalky. I'll absolutely admit that. I go Rom, Cantley, Spieth, I believe Sunjay M, and then Rory McIlroy are my top five. And so, uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler was in there. That might be a top six somewhere. But uh, in any case, it, I get that it's kind of chalky. I think there's going to be a bunch of big-name players on the board again. Uh, the weather, the soft, longer golf course, plays into the hands of the big hitters. Most of the big-name guys are also – the biggest hitters out there and so i i think we're going to see a star studded leaderboard this week uh if you want to find guys for top fives top tens that are further down the board good luck it's just not going to be easy i think there's it's crowded at the top and as someone who uh who just ranked the entire field i can tell you that uh, i wish i had 10 spots inside the top five and 20 spots inside the top 10 and 40 spots inside the top 20 because quite frankly it's really hard to pare it down Jason, got about a minute here or so. Uh, the Live Tour and everybody there now playing on in this event. Like, the, you, there's gonna be, there's always gonna be conversation about it. it. It's a polarizing topic. Do you think that that'll have any effect, or there'll be any, like, will the Live players have any sort of? I don't even know what to say. Like, what are the interactions maybe gonna be like between the two? Because we haven't really seen much of this yet. Quite frankly, I mean, they're sort of past it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some guys right now, as we're speaking at the Champions Dinner. There's six live players who are past champions uh, of the Masters, and so uh, they're the champions dinner, and maybe uh, amongst them, privately, there's some discussions about it, but quite frankly, when these guys get on a golf course, especially for a major championship, they're not worried about talking to each other, they're not worried about uh, you know, getting on, you know, getting along with each other, it's just, it's going to be a non-factor, and it's going to be especially a non-factor here. It, it reminds me of Tiger Woods returning in 2010 after his uh, very, very uh, public personal scandal where uh, we wondered, you know, how the fans would treat him. This is the perfect place for uh, a quote-unquote villain, someone that people are rooting against to come back to because mm-hmm. nobody is rooting against anyone here, at least not outwardly, at least not publicly. So uh, they won't have any sort of uh, commotion from outside the ropes. And as far as the interpersonal uh uh, workings between them, it's just—it's a non-factor. Yeah, really. that's well. That's you know, listen. I think we want to see what happens on the course more than anything, but it is an interesting, at least, backstory if there's something going on behind the scenes. Jason Sobel, always good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us. Enjoy the Masters. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.